What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Soccer Comic Rant. My name is Ian Edwards, and you can listen to this podcast, and you already might be listening to it at allthingscomedy.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, World Football Daily, Lipson, Stitcher, all over the place. And you can contact me on Twitter at Ian Edwards Comic or on iTunes at Ian Edwards Comic. And, uh... Our sponsor is onthevolleyapparel.com. Go to the website and check out all the types of styles of gear that they got to suit your footballing needs. They got tanks, hoodies, tees, sweatshirts with uh, amazing soccer hip-hop emblems on them. Uh, when I wear the stuff, people are always like, man, you're going hard in that shirt. And I just tell them where to go get it at onthevolleyapparel.com. Use my promo code COMICRANT. You get 20% off. All right. So now we're going to get into this episode. It's a, as a Man U fan, this is a better episode for me. And, uh, but we're not going to start there. We're going to start first with the Liverpool-Leicester game. And uh, Liverpool stay undefeated and this weekend before we went into the international week they played Leicester and they beat Leicester 2-1 and uh, Leicester kind of helped him well Vardy kind of helped him last week when he got an unnecessary red card and since Leicester sold Mares, and they have new people who are kind of amateurs to the premiership kind of filling in roles for these guys. You know, you're facing a Liverpool squad that was strengthened. I didn't think Liverpool could lose this game. The most that could happen, they could tie it, but they won it. So Liverpool beat Leicester 2-1. Manny gets his goal. He's up to four now. He's ahead of Salah, which is, you know, I think mine is a very competitive guy. And last year when Salah came on the screen, on the scene, he was like, wait a minute, this dude is scoring more than me. Fuck it. I mean, I'll help him, but I was really good the year before. How the fuck is this happening? So I think Mane has definitely stepped up his game. And uh, he got the first one here. And uh, Firmino got the second one. And uh, I think even Firmino, I got to check to see how many goals Firmino has, but he might be tied or have as much as Salah now. But the Liverpool front three still doing their thing, continuing last season, bringing it into this season and getting them goals. And speaking of goals, how did the Liverpool uh, goalie do after they spent all this money on him? Uh, He fucked up. He fucked up. He, uh tried to play some fancy ball you know they he tried to do or he overdid what they bought him to do they bought him to you know be a part of the attack to help get the ball from the goal to players so that they could launch into this attack that they got and Allison fucked up he got the ball in the box it wasn't the greatest pass but it wasn't the worst pass and he dilly dallied and try to put some moves 
on uh, Inacho. I think it was Inacho on on Leicester. And uh, Inacho was like, man, I've done that move more than you. I'm a forward. And took it from him, crossed it into the box. And Mahrez's uh, home Algerian, is he Algerian? I forgot where Mahrez is from, but the the player who replaced Mahrez on the team uh, put the ball in the net. I'm going to tell you his name in a minute because he kind of looked gazelle. Kind of was kind of was decent out there. Kind of was doing his thing. And uh, so I'm going to be looking out for gazelle. And uh, he's now a Leicester player and he has the same background, I think, as Mahrez. So, Mahrez is countryman. Three appearances for Leicester, two as a sub, and one goal. But, uh, yeah, Algeria. He's age 26. But, Liverpool hold on. And, Again, they win a game. This looks like one of those games where they would have kind of gave up the lead last year. But they're, they're winning ugly, they're grinding, and they're winning pretty. They're winning all kinds of ways. So Liverpool goes into the international break undefeated, doing their thing. And uh, Salah hasn't even really gotten started yet, so wait till that happens. Uh, another game, Crystal Palace. Versus Southampton. And my homeboy Lee was so happy he didn't even return my texts. Like, he didn't, didn't even know how to act after uh, Southampton won. Just didn't call at all. Southampton beat Crystal Palace 2 nothing. It could have been 3 nothing. They blew a penalty. That's how comfortable and cocky they were. They were like, we're not even going to score this penalty. We're still going to beat you 2 nothing. But yeah, uh, Southampton, I think it's the first time I've ever seen them in those yellow jerseys this year. I like those yellow jerseys. So not only did you win, but you won in style with those jerseys. And Danny Ings scored in the 47th minute. And uh, Hoiberg, that was a great run by Hoiberg. Uh, great pass to him. Got to the ball before the defender cut in front of the defender so the only way the defender could stop him would take him out I think the goalkeeper completely got his angles wrong he was going for the ball and thinking it's almost like he ran up the, towards the ball thinking he could get to the ball before Hoiberg once Hoiberg got the ball cut in front of the defender like the whole left side of the goal was open and he just put it around the keeper and uh, Crystal Palace who had a decent start to the season, way better than last year, because last year they were 0-4. Uh, they lost. And, uh, I th- you know, I did speak to Lee a little bit, and he said they he thinks they did get lucky because Zaha, Crystal Palace's, like, main striker, was out. So... Yeah, whenever a team is playing without their main striker, yeah, that is a break. Like, if we don't have Lukaku or Spurs doesn't have Kane, you know, then, uh, yeah, 
it helps your defense a little. It helps you defend a little bit. And Crystal Palace has been tacky, who's still going through his scoring woes, man. There's two headers he had. One, he put wide. I think it was wide like or over the bar. That was like he soared above everybody and then just like kept on soaring. Put the ball over the post. And then there was one that I was like, all right, He's, he headed it. He just soared above everybody, headed it down, but the keeper was there. And there is nothing but frustration steam, like, coming off him. Like, there's nothing he can do right now to put the ball in the back of the net. If he was alone, practicing in front of an empty goal, I think Bintaki would miss. That's how bad of a goal scoring life he's having right now he can't score shit in a video game i hope he's married if he's married he probably can't score on his wife like it's just going through a straight drought if it was him alone with a glass of water he'd die of thirst so there's got he must be like going crazy in his head right now to not be able to do there it is, eh? Put it high. Not be able to do what they're paying you to do. But I think Hodgson is like giving him the confidence. I, I'm not going to take you. I'm going to keep playing you. But I don't know how long Hodgson can do this. You know? I have a feeling he'll come around. But I guess right now Bentaki's an underdog in my mind. So I'm like underdog rooting. But man. Hey. He's having a tough one. It's not easy. And here's the goal. I'm just looking at it. Boom. Hoiberg right in front of the defender. Goalkeeper's off angle. Boom. Yeah, man. It's, it's on a fast break. They just cut right through him. And goals. So Southampton, two. Crystal Palace, zilch. Next game. Everton versus, I said Virtus, Everton versus Huddersfield. And uh, yeah, man, Huddersfield scores 1-1. Huddersfield's just, you know, they're doing what they did last year, just getting points, just scrapping stuff out and getting shit from somewhere. It's like, it's a hodgepodge. You know, they, they might win, you know, a game and then, they might tie three games, you know. They might lose one, but they just they're just getting stuff from places. You know what I mean? They're just that team. Like if you're playing them, you gotta be like, man, don't let this team. This team's gonna take points from us, you know? Because Everton's like they spent a lot of money over the last few seasons. They got some players, and here comes Huddersfield. They had no business getting no points from Everton, but they got one. And uh, I'm I'm trying to, what kind of confused me when I'm looking at the highlights is watching Huddersfield playing in these Bournemouth jerseys. Like, I don't even remember Huddersfield really playing in these colors, these red and black stripes. It's like, it looks like another team. So that's pretty confusing. But they got the first goal and then Everton came back. Nice header by Calvin Lewin. And I got the equalizer, Calvert Lewin. And uh, Everton got back on the 
on the on on the mark, tied it up. And I think another thing that helped uh Everton, I mean Huddersfield is that uh the buy from Arsenal that Everton had didn't play and he's been doing good. You know, so he didn't play this week. I think he's injured. So that helped. And Everton missing like a cross right in front of the goal and two of their players couldn't even, if one of them just had gotten a leg shaving of hair on it, it would have went in. So that didn't help. But uh, how does feel? Everton, 1-1. One, one. Next game, Fulham versus Brighton. And Brighton is just like Huddersfield, man. You know? Even though they were playing Fulham, you know, like Brighton's been in the league one more year than Fulham. But Fulham has probably spent more money to get to the premiership and to have a team in the premiership. And, uh, so you would think that they'd be better, but you know, Brighton doesn't fuck around, man. They'll take points where they ain't supposed to get them. And, uh, they'll, uh, they'll push you to the limit. They'll scrap something. You think you got them contained and then they'll leak out and get a goal and get some points. And in this game, it was 2-2. And uh, Fulham scored first. Schurler, Andre Schurler, World Cup winner for Germany. He scored the winning goal in the World Cup for Germany. And he's, uh, I think it was at Dortmund or Wolfsburg. Or maybe both. Where was his last stint in Germany? I got to look it up. I'll look it up. But, uh, yeah, he scored the first one. Let me look up where Schurler was at. Last. Boom. Fulham. Brighton. Just waiting for the internet to uh, slowly but surely give me the information that I need. And. Oh, that's crazy. He's on loan to Fulham. They, this is at the Premier League dot com. And uh, they have him listed. They only have him playing for Chelsea, which means he's on loan to Fulham, but they don't even list where he played in Germany before he came here. So I wonder if Chelsea still owns him. Is that possible? He played for Chelsea in 2014, 2015, didn't work out. I played 14 games. Nine of them was a sub. He scored three goals. Just trying to find where he was. Because it was Dortmund or... Hold on one second. Oh, so... It's Chelsea, Wolfsburg, Dortmund, Fulham. So I was right. 
but I just want to make sure. So that's uh, that's Sherla's life. That's his life and travels. The life and travels of Andre Sherla. All right, getting back to the game. Uh, yeah, man, Brighton, pain in the ass, you know. As they showed Man U, they're pain in the ass. They're pain in the ass to, to Fulham. Like I said, Fulham spent some money. Like they bought Sherla. Uh, they finished first. Not first in the in the championship, but they came up. They got Mitrovic, who they bought last year. He's a Premiership player, and he helped them uh, come up last year. And he scored more goals in English leagues, I think, as much as Harry Kane. If you count the championship and the first few games of the season. So then Brighton Hove were down 2 nothing, and they come back. I think Murray, who missed the penalty earlier on, just you know, has that Brighton mentality, relentless, not giving up, and boom, scores the first one, and then here they come. Like, Fulham, don't sleep on us. We Brighton. We beat people better than you. And now we're only down one. You let us back in this game and we're going to score something. And then on a set piece. No, this is not the goal. Yeah, Mitrovic, that's it. On the set piece, Mitrovic hands the ball. And uh, the people in the studio, the pundits were like, he just lost the ball in the sun. Nah, man, that's a arm ball, which you try to control and pretend you did it with your chest. And you're acting as if you have no idea what happened. But I've done that before. You've done it before. You know exactly what you did, bro. That is a handball and that is a penalty. And, you know, Murray scores two. And 2-2. Two, two. Let me just check out some stats on this game. Uh, possession. Decently uneven. Fulham 58%. Brighton 4.1%. Fulham, Brighton Hove had 15 shots. And they, they, you know, 17 tackles. They, they, I don't think Brighton Hove takes any games for granted. I think they lost the first game of the season. It was embarrassing. And after that, they've just been trouble. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want Brighton Hove problems. You don't want them in your life because you're supposed to beat them and they'll take something from you. Uh, Chelsea, Bournemouth, uh, another Chelsea win, undefeated, four games. Hazard scores the second goal of the game. Pedro scored the first after he came in, subbed in for William. And uh, Chelsea are rolling on, man. Uh, they have a back four now as opposed to a, a back three. Moses is kind of lost in the shuffle. He's not on the field anymore. Uh, Sorry's new system, which is is weird because I, I think I've mentioned this before because he has Juninho playing where everyone who would think the best person in the world in that position, Conti, was playing. Conte played that position in the World Cup. He played that position for Leicester when they won the title. He played that position for Chelsea when they won the title two years ago. 
and <clears throat> sorry's like no I'm, I'm moving you not so sorry and I'm, I'm gonna move you in front of you i'm gonna move you in front of where you used to play and i'm put juninho there so he can start the attacks faster and i see where that works you know it's just preference and style like juninho can pick out passes better than uh than uh conte but then you also get conte to utilize some of the things he can still back drop back and help and cover but he can go forward more and in one of the chelsea goals you can see uh Conte getting his William on when he got the ball. He got the ball flipped to him by William and he just ran forward with the ball dribble. None of the uh, Bournemouth players could catch up to him. And uh, he passed it wide. They worked it. And then it ended up being uh, uh, the, the, the Pedro goal. So, yeah, man. Let's see how it's early in the season. Let's see how much this works. I think Chelsea has more depth than they had last year. You know, Morata hasn't scored. He's only scored once. But uh, they have more more depth. And uh, let's see what happens. In two weeks when they come back, or in 12 days, or less than 12 days now. And in a point of they put up the good fight. They put up the good fight. Let me, let me see their stats in this game. Damn, Chelsea dominated them in the, in the stat department. 72% possession. It's like, it's like Chelsea acted like they were the 1%. They took all the ball and gave Bournemouth 27% of the ball to play with amongst themselves. Jesus. Still, Bournemouth get respectable. But Chelsea, man, they're on a roll. Can they win the title? Can they be close contenders? How's the rest of the season going to pan out? There's one uh, pundit ex-player that feels Chelsea uh, doesn't have the defense to win the title. And we'll see. We'll see. I don't think their defense is bad. I do think... I think the the, the reason why they're playing... Uh, David Luiz, who sometimes has lapses and gets lazy. His lapses are because he's kind of lazy. He's not alert all the time at crucial moments. And I've seen it, him, uh, like, he just doesn't want to work all the time. But he's good at passing the ball out the back and starting the attack. And that's the, those are the players Sorry likes, people who are good on the ball, who can start some shit. So that's why he's in there. And that's why they don't do the back three anymore. And uh, 
I made one mistake earlier. Con- that that Conte's fast break didn't result in a goal. It hit, resulted in a an Alonso shot that hit the post. But yeah, he's being utilized more in that way. And he's also scored a goal this season and had a chance to score against, I think it was Arsenal too. It was a header. So he's going to be a little bit more lethal. He, you know, he looks comfortable, but I'm sure he could definitely get more comfortable in that position and, you know, maybe own that. So let's see. Pedro's goal partly deflected, so but I'm sure he'll take that. And Hazard and and uh, Alonso again, Marcus Alonso combined for the second goal. Marcus Alonso's uh he's a smart wing back man with a lot of attacking powers. And he's even involved a little bit as a third party member in the in the Pedro goal. He got the ball to Pedro. Pedro passed it to Drew, uh, and Drew passed it back to Pedro. And then Pedro took the shot and uh, got the ricochet off the player, beat the keeper. So Chelsea keeps rolling, bro. Uh, what game is next? West Ham versus Wolves. Wolves, man. Not fucking around. Came up from the championship and they're acting like they belong here. They built this team a few seasons ago in the championship to come up to win here and to stay here. And they are doing that. They have more points than West Ham. I think West Ham has no points. I'm going to make sure and confirm that. Let me look at the tables. But I am sure. Yep, West Ham got zilch. They're winning in losses. They've got four of them, more than everybody else. And uh, they let a team that just, a newly promoted team, get three points from them. So West Ham is in dire straits. They are owning the bottom of the table right now. They are killing and losing. They got zero points after four games. They're only Burnley's above them with one. The whole the whole table's above them. Burnley's one point above them. Newcastle's one point above them. Those those are the only team that's done just as shitty as them. But West Ham it feels like West Ham has a bunch of people that don't play together as a cohesive unit and no coach they have can make them do that. They refuse to play together. It's like feuding brothers and it feels like they have enough. They have good, remember West Ham like three years ago? You'd never see them at the bottom of the table. Look at them now. Losing one nil to Wolves, a newly promoted team. And they were almost, you know, they were they were languishing at the bottom of the table last year. So man. Not good, West Ham. Not fucking good. And, uh, yeah, this Wolves goalkeeper, man, he stays good. Artanovic had a 
opportunity in the second half when he got around a defender and keeper made that save, man. Keeper made that save to keep this a one nothing affair. So Yeah. I I'm sure maybe the coach will get fired and they'll turn this around. But uh it's not looking good, West Ham. Let me look more into some of the the things of this game. Let me go lineups. And it's the Wolves team. I think Wolves played uh, Man U last, not Miami City, and took a point from them last week. So that's who West Ham is dealing with, like a really serious team. So, yeah, if you look at West Ham team, they should have at least a point. I'm gonna, there's people whose names you recognize. There's enough... Jack Wilshire, like, come on, bro. Snodgrass, who's who's always efforting in, so I can't. You know, Mikel Antonio, who, you know, he pops up, he does things. Marco Atana, these are not unknown people. And I know you're probably weak in other areas, like, but you have people that can play in the premiership. Fabianski is your goalkeeper. Like, what's... They just can't be, it's not a cohesive unit. Something feels very off. They got Chicharito on the bench. Mark Noble, he's kind of old, so I can't be like. Obiang. Spanish midfielder. I mean... been with West Ham since 2015. And I want to give props to uh, Traore, man, for his goal and just his return to the premiership with the right team that's going to use him right. I remember in uh, 2016-17, he was with Middlesbrough. They got relegated and this guy was like, he put him on the field and he just fucking run at people. And he's a former, he's from the former Barcelona, you know, you know, youth system. And he's got the skill and ability, but it's just sometimes he just puts his head down and runs away, away from his team. But now they kind of use him as a sub. And uh, he's working out for these guys. And I think they're just well coached. Wolves as well. They're the complete opposite of West Ham. They're just well coached. And that's what this guy needed to be coached. So Adama Traore. Look out for him. This motherfucker's fast. He can dribble. But now I think they have his skill under control and in a system where the shit will work. This ain't Middlesbrough. Where you just put your head down and dribble because your teammates ain't shit. Like, 
You have people passing him the ball. Great finish this weekend. He's only 22 years old. And if he stays with this team and this coach and they stay up and they progress and they grow together, who knows, man? This, this kid could be lethal. feels like I've seen him so much and he's only 22 years old and he hasn't even been, had a lot of stability. But I've seen enough to know if this guy's focused, could be something. So it's great news for Wolves, terrible news for West Ham, who has none of that. Go back to the next games. Uh, Man City, Newcastle. Good game, you know. Great goal by uh, you just Sterling's not fucking around after the World Cup, you know. <laughs> He's not fucking around after the World Cup. Scored a pretty good goal, and there were some good goals this weekend, and he definitely had one of them. Took it, you know, faked going left, cut back into the right, and scored that Coutinho goal, you know, far post, stretched the keeper. You know, let it just, you know, put enough football nail polish on the keeper's glove, but you're not going to get that shit in the back of the net. And uh, City up one. But then Newcastle did something amazing. Like, I believe in Newcastle. I believe in Benitez. Like, I believe he'll stay, even though their owner sucks. And there's this duel or game of chicken right now between the owner and Benitez where the owner's like, here's a five-year contract, sign it. And Benita's like, I ain't going to sign it unless you confirm that there's going to be this amount of money for new players. And the owner's like, I'm not going to confirm that there's this amount of money for new players until after you sign the contract. And then Benita's like, well, I'm not signing the contract unless you confirm the thing, the, the amount of money. So then there's this stalemate going on. It's like, who would want to work with somebody like that? Like Bernitas has done, I don't even like Bernitas, but to be honest, he's done a great job. He joined them late in the season that they went down. He brought them back up in one season. And last season, they started the season shitty because they were supposed to be sold. And the owner, the sale didn't work out. He didn't buy players. But Bernitas got them, I think, finished like a, around 10 fish or some shit like that, like magically. And then this owner just always is fucking around. It's always messing around. And then now, I think I just read that day to you earlier when I was looking at uh, West Ham, that they were just above them with one point in four games. And this is one of the four games. And man, come on, owner. I mean, I know you're just making money and that's all that matters to some people. And I don't agree with just people just going off and spending, just spending money just because. But Jesus. Stop fucking, like, even Benitez doesn't deserve to be fucked with like this. So Rafa, just, I mean, feel bad for the players, but you deserve better than this owner. If there's one thing you do is deserve better than this owner. And, And... but fuck it. Anyway, 
the goal, the equalizer for Newcastle was stunning. I, I thought uh, Newcastle and Man City had switched uniforms. That's how fucking amazing this goal was. They just cut through City the way City cut through people, got all the way upfield on a fast break. Then Yedlin just keeps running. The American ball in the back of the net, the, the left back, the right back, just and Gabriel Jesus was not used to defending that far. Couldn't believe that he had to defend. He's in the penalty box on a run from his attacking end of the field, yeddling on the outside of him, screeching by him, putting the ball. Like, if you're a forward, you're not used to defending that deep. And yeah, wasn't used to it. But then Carl Walker, who was at the World Cup and had obviously seen Pavard from France, seen his goal, and was like, listen, dog, I raise you that. And Carl Walker got the ball out wide and hit a laser low screamer. Man, just perfectly foot woven shot through the Newcastle defense under the goalkeeper's arm, hit the side. I think I think Pep should have gave him more and a celebration for that. That shit was just Pretty fucking amazing. And this hit like as if he played like that, taking shots like that all the time. I've never seen Carl Walker do some shit like that. Not even for Liverpool. Or for Spurs, I mean. Then Gabriel Jesus scores a third, but they said he was offside. I don't think he was offside, though. And then, uh, yeah. Goalkeeper for Newcastle made a series of three saves in one attack. It might have been four. One, two, three. But uh, Newcastle win. I mean, Newcastle lose. Says two nothing. Two one. Uh, next game. Let's do Cardiff Arsenal. Cardiff Arsenal. And Arsenal, man, like Bobby Lee had a terrible start to the season. You know, he walked around the comedy store with his head down. As a matter of fact, he he didn't <laughs> he texted me the last two weeks to check in and see how I'm doing. <laughs> because man, you lost. And uh, he didn't text me this week because uh, the rough patch is over for now. We definitely, man, you definitely won't lose next week because it's international week. But uh, so Arsenal, I told him Arsenal will be fine. They just had like, you know, who starts the season playing Chelsea and Man City right after the World Cup? We got a new manager, new players, players you want to get rid of, players that have to be recoached and a, a new system and you you if you play the winners from last year the winners from the year before who have some of the same well Man City is just fine and they have depth and players and you're playing a Chelsea team that has a better team and they're just more sound even though they have a newer system they're just going to be better and so you can't really take a, a lot of meaning and then 
and and an emotional hit as you from the first two losses. You got to give this thing time for this new coach to, you know, get this shit together. And he's doing some things. He has Lacazette and Aubameyang playing together, and and they got some goals, and they combined with each other, and they did some things this game. And uh, I want to give Cardiff credit for just staying in this one and making it interesting. They went down one nothing, they made it one one. They went down two one, they made it two two. And in Arsenal, like, give them credit for like, fuck this, like for having some fight, which they didn't show a lot of fight under in the last season. Under. Under. Uh, Wenger. They didn't show a lot of fight, man. But this time they did. They're like, we're going to get these three points. And they did. Ward, his, I'm look, just looking at Ward's equalizer for uh, Cardiff. By the way, my cousin plays for Cardiff. He was on the bench, Kadeem Harris. So shout out Kadeem for uh, making the Cardiff bench. I was hoping to see you out there, but I'm sure I will. And then Lacazette, man. Jesus Christ. Scored a goal with no angle. Just like, just shot the ball up in the top of the net. That's a good goalkeeper. He's been playing good for to beat him on a no angle goal. Tremendous. And uh, yeah, Arsenal have six points now. It's not so bad after all. I'm going to go Burnley. Man United for this game. A lot of things happened. Everything's happening surrounding Man U anyway. Uh, first thing is the jerseys. Uh, I don't know if they're pink or they're red or they're pinkish red or reddish pink or watered down red or it, they look like you put a white jersey in the wash with a red jersey and the red jersey ran on the white jersey but i like them this is a jersey that i will buy i like it better than the straight red or yeah i just like this jersey so i was happy to see them in it and even happier to see them winning it so i'm i'm copying this this is i'm buying this jersey i haven't bought a man new jersey in a minute because they're like one thing we don't do is make jerseys. We make championship teams, but our jerseys are like, eh, you know. But I like this jersey, and uh, and I and I liked the team selection and the team setup. And I've been kind of demanding this setup, you know, you know, and and finally, Mourinho delivered on it. There's you put Fellaini in front of the defense, Smalling and Lindelof. I'm sure Lindelof will be fine. He just has to grow into this league. You have to let him. You can't just be buying people. Plus, you bought Lindelof. You asked for this guy. So now you use him. And there's, they're flying goddamn uh, signs above. Some of the, I'm going to air quote, supporters, manual supporters. So I'm going to be all over the place. Bought a airplane to fly a sign over they didn't buy the airplane but they rented whatever to fly a sign over manual to say ed woodward specialist in failure 
and they flew it over Turf Moor. And I think an Italian newspaper accused Mourinho of doing this because he's so rich. He's getting $15 million a year. He could definitely afford this. And uh, he's in cahoots with the fans because of the round of applause they got. He got last year, last week from the loss at Old Trafford to Spurs. So something's up. Uh, I think Mourinho might have something to do with this. Maybe. Hopefully not. Hopefully he's smart enough not to. But it's very fishy. Because Ed Woodward is getting blamed for Manu's failures now, even though he spent money. He spent money on Lukaku. He spent money on Lindelof, Bailly. He spent money on Sanchez. We stole Sanchez. It, like, you can't say he hasn't spent money. Like, somebody could coach this team and win some shit with this team. As a matter of fact, Mourinho won some shit with this team. So don't tell me this team ain't good enough when you've won shit with this team. So that, that's just kind of weird. Like, the reason everybody cannot forget that the reason why Ed Woodward doesn't want to spend any more money on defenders because he already did. And Mourinho's like, those guys aren't good. But we don't want to buy another $80 million defender that's going to end up not being good. Use the ones you have. That's why he's not financially supporting Mourinho in that area of the field anymore. You know? And Mourinho, you're the coach. Mourinho is in a win-win position. If they fire him, he gets paid. He's got a brand new contract, 50 million pounds or dollars a year. He's going to get paid. So he he doesn't have to coach the players, even if they can play better. He can get Woodward fired. They could keep him. He could get fired and get paid out. He could decide to win with them. He could do, he's got three options. He's got more options than the, than the Avengers did in Infinity Wars when it comes to stopping fairness. So, yeah. Go back to this game. So, just the way they were set up with Pogba could go forward. They even push Matic forward. So you have like three guys with great ball control and touch and intelligence like able to pass the ball to each other. So that's fucking great. And then Lingard was out there hustling, moving around, you know, just roaming all over the place. And uh, we still play a little static, but we didn't panic as much when we were attacking. And yeah, Sanchez, you know, you know, the first goal, they passed it around. They stood in place. Nobody panicked. And, tried anything and got the ball to Sanchez and then Sanchez perfect pass to Lukaku. Like just the ball could only go to him. It's almost like a quarterback pass to his wide receiver and then he scores. And Lukaku could have had so many more goals. He could have definitely had a hat trick easily or more goals. Like Pogba got him the ball one-on-one against the goalkeeper in the second half and he didn't put it away. And then he had this shot here, which Joe Hart did a great job of saving. But, uh, yeah. Kaku had a good game. Team was set up right. We had to win, but this ain't the Burnley from last year. And I get now, like, last week I was wondering what happened to Burnley. 
what happened to Burnley is that they've been playing in the Europa League and now they're out of it. They, they lost this midweek. It's a perfect timing for us to play Burnley. They, they've been getting exhausted with mid, midweek games in the Europa League and that they've been trying to win it and they've been putting all their stock in it and they, they've failed and now they're out of it. But so we got tired, Burnley, because they did not play. This is the, one of the most comfortable wins I've ever seen Man you have. Whether Ferguson was a coach, Moyes was a coach, or Van Gaal was a coach, or Mourinho. This is just like a tailor-made, perfectly comfortable win. Like normally a team that can't beat us will find a way to annoy the fuck out of us. And Burnley just... Didn't. The only time Burnley had a chance when when stuff looked like there might be a turn for the worse for Man U is when uh, Rashford got fouled, we got the penalty, and Pogba missed the penalty, or the keeper saved it. So even though Hart got two goals past him, he still had a good game. He had saves on Lukaku, and he saved the penalty, and he kept uh, Burnley in the game. And then uh, the other big talking point of this game was Rashford's red card. He got fouled. He didn't wait for the ref to do anything about the foul. He walked up to the player, put his forehead on the other player's forehead. So they have a forehead makeout session until Rashford's head butted him or basically stuck his forehead tongue in and the other guy's forehead tongue and then got the red eh, it's no big deal but he's out for three games maybe Marshall will get a look in the other game we still have Mata we got Fred you know we can put him back there but yeah put him back there and push somebody forward so we have a team hopefully we start using them we can compensate for the loss of Rashford and uh, the last game, ha-ha, this is fun. Watford versus Tottenham. Now, I thought the most Watford could do was get a tie out of this one. That's what I thought the most. They would tie or lose, and I'm so happy I was wrong. Like, Dele Alli had a chance early tried to some bird a goalkeeper with his head close but no cigar no goal but this Watford is a different Watford like Troy Deeney did not go to the World Cup and he's rested a lot of the teammates are rested and he's a big boy and you could say he's overweight but he is using that weight like he just missed a header in a clip that I just saw where he just barged in a small space in between two uh Spurs defenders like he he'll he's he's bodying niggas in this in this game he's putting his body on people you don't want to deal with Troy Deeney's body when he's determined to move it you cannot handle it so yeah he's a little overweight and his nickname to me is Troy Denny Denny's, which is a uh, late night diner chain in America, but 
Troy Denny, man. You don't want him to put them pancakes on you and those hams and those yams. Clog your ass up. So Watford went down one first on an own goal. And you think, all right, so business as usual. Spurs is going to win. Fine. But nah, man. Troy Denny. Boom. I just, that's it. I just looked at this collision between him and I think that's Sanchez for Spurs. They went shoulder to shoulder on the right-hand side of the pitch. And Sanchez, you're a defender. And Troy just put his number nine jersey body shoulders on Sanchez's shoulders and just tipped him the fuck over like a truck that just got flat tires on all his left side and had all the weight over there. And then Dini just keeps going very decisively, crosses the ball in, hits the post. And that was the first inclination that, not the first, but it's just, you know, signs of turmoil to come. And then a free kick on the same side of the field, Troy Denny gets his head on the ball, burns up a lot of calories celebrating, punching the post, more energy than he used scoring a goal. And he, again, man, like when he wants to move this big body, he got up there in that crowd of people and got the ball before everybody else. Of course, it dropped right on him. And then on another set piece, Watford take the lead. And I was like, I think I was watching a Deli Alley interview where he's like, they didn't expect to be down and they're not used to coming back from down. So they just didn't have it in them to come back. And, and, uh, Harry Kane had one shot to even this thing up right towards the end of the game. Uh, ball came in across from Trippier. Harry Kane got the header on it and put it over the bar, Benteke style. And that was it. Put his hand on his head. He knew it. He knew that was the goal. And he blew it. So that's the Premier League roundup for this week. Football ain't back until, the Premiership is not back until Saturday. When is it back? Trying to let me go see fixtures. That's what I need to go to. Where the fixtures at? Where the fixtures at? Where the fixtures at? September 15th. Big game then. Liverpool versus Spurs. Jesus Christ. I'm just going to put my money. It's going to be played at Wembley, but money's on uh, Liverpool. They haven't lost. They're team it's a very interesting contest but I would love to see Spurs lose another game especially after they beat us it was a a euphoric feeling to see that they lost this week to a team that they thought they would beat even though that was a great game it's like both teams have won three games in a row coming into this game and it would have been the marquee game of the weekend, except that Man U has been in so much turmoil, they showed the the, ter- the Man U game out here as the big Saturday game or Sunday game, and it was fun to see Man U win comfortably, and then look at the ticker in the top hand side, 
and see that Spurs got defeated, especially after they beat us last week. But look out for Watford. They're not a fucking game. At least, and we have to play them next. We have to play this not not a game, Watford. And I don't think a lot of their players have international duty. A lot of Man U players do. So they'll probably be in better shape on September 15th as team-wise. They have more of their players I think they'll be able to train with than we do. Uh, it's back to the Liverpool Spurs. I'll just go Liverpool because that's what I want. Might not be the best rationale. I and mean, who knows if anybody gets injured for either team during International Week and won't be available or how much they play during International Week. So we'll see. During International Week, England plays Spain on the 8th. I think that's this weekend coming up. So, And then we play somebody else. But I have to look it up. Any big games? Uh... Man, let me see who it's. it's Everton, West Ham, Wolves, Burnley. So let me make some calls here on some of these games. I'll make a call on two games. Man, you Watford. Jesus Christ. This is going to be tough, but like Watford is playing with this heart right now, so I'm scared. And they're playing at Watford. So Mourinho's happy. He's giving a happy press conference. But he better focus and plan for this shit because Watford's going to be ready. They're going to want these points. They've beaten a big fish. And that big fish beat us. So there's no reason for them to feel like they can't beat us too. So they're going to be confident and they're going to be more rested than us and they have more momentum than us so underdog man united it's gonna be tough at vicarage road i'm gonna go i don't i don't know and who knows and who knows where Mourinho is with this team you know who knows like does this win against Tired Burnley solve all our problems? Are we just, you know, you could say all the right things, but if you as individuals amongst yourselves, as teammates and staff, know you don't mean it, it's not going to translate in a tough game like this. You know, so I don't know. What does Mourinho really want to do? Does he want to win or does he want to prove a point? Does he want to beat Ed Woodward more than he wants to beat Watford? So I would say Watford got this because I don't know where Mourinho's at. And you should know where your coach is at. Chelsea's going to be against Cardiff. They should be able to handle that at Chelsea. Man City versus Fulham. It's probably going to be tough, but Man City should be able to pull that off. It's at home. Newcastle versus Arsenal. Arsenal's on the road to Newcastle. Newcastle got one point. At some point, they're going to get another point or at least a three. Is it that week? Who knows? 
tough call. Tough call. Anyway, folks, thanks for listening. I love you. Uh, subscribe. Uh, tell your friends uh, about the podcast. Get them into soccer. Get them listening. Some people have already told me that they've gotten into the premiership because of the podcast. I think that's amazing. I didn't think it would do that. I hope I'm making some sense. You can understand this league better as I try to learn and understand it better. It's interesting. Uh, this week's when I think I have nothing to say about it because I think I'm going to sound repetitive, but, you know, things come up. So that's good. And uh, enjoy the international week. There will be no podcast next week because it's international week. There's no premiership on, but I'll be back the week after. But I'll be watching international games and I'll talk about those the week after when I come back with the podcast. Love you all. Peace. Once.